do you run slower on three lap courses as opposed to two lap courses? And is Christian Tutska secretly an alien? Wow. Oh my God. I can't wait for this week's episode. All that and more conspiracies to be unveiled in the Conspiracy Cafe. I can't wait. Three, two, one. Rock Zone in. Rock Zone in. Right, before we get into your conspiracies, we need to quickly reflect on a little bit of Hyrox news. Hyrox news. Yeah, as the first Elite 15 majors race of the season took place in Chicago this weekend. So, mm. yeah, yeah, I know, right? Tell me, what is this? So, this Hyrox season, the Elite 15 are racing in four regional Hyrox majors. Can I get an ooh? No, because I don't know what a major yeah. is, so please continue. Uh, so all this is ahead of the World Championships uh, coming in 24 in Nice. Ooh! Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the majors are known as the Hyrox Major, which is the one that we just had in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, the Scandinavian Major, that mm-hmm. is in Stockholm in December. Um, the European Major, I don't know what accent that is, but in Vienna in February. Mm-hmm. And uh, the US Major in Washington, D.C. in March. Right. Uh-huh. Now, yeah. Now, I'm not going to lie. It's super complicated to explain who and how everyone has qualified for these races. Of course. Yeah. God that, forbid. Exactly. <laughs> but all you need to know is that the best and fastest men and women in High Rocks in the world get invited to race there. I see. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, right. I have a whole bunch of questions. Mm. This is obviously different from last year, right? This yeah. is a new thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the idea is what? To make it more like standardize as to how people like qualify because previously it was done on like a course by course basis and that wasn't seen as fair or something like that so yeah so last season there was like you places were handed out to graduate into the elite 15 uh, almost from each race throughout yeah. the course of the season this time it's they're trying to build more of a spectacle i would say a bit more of a sort of um ooh, oh my god who's going to qualify sort of thing by holding right. these sort of well right. majors okay. uh, around the world um and believe it or not to attract everyone to do that each event has a prize purse of over forty two thousand dollars wow it's a lot of money well, when you say attract everyone it's the people who are qualified to yeah i think like if you think about it like high rocks as a sport they want to build personas and profiles how do you do that by building fucking like putting a load of cash up front yeah by putting loads of cash in so you get high performance athletes come and basically yeah. give people something to believe in so it makes a lot of sense that does make sense um it's a shame we don't actually know who won because at the time of recording this it's not actually happened yet now on that topic, I've actually have a surprise for you, Max. We know, we have looked into the future, and we know who's going to win. Yeah. We've rigged the race. You've, you've actually you, you're getting way ahead of me, actually, right here, because I've actually been away in the shed this week and actually put something together. And I'd like to show you this now. Um, this is our High Rocks Rock Zone podcast time machine. Of course, yeah. So, uh, of course, I so, like that it comes in a ruffled box. Yeah, yeah. Well, wait, how, how big did you think a time machine was going to be? I thought it was an app. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. I'll, I'll work on that for next time. Mm-hmm. So, through the power of sexy science, I'm now about to create a wormhole so you can speak to our favorite Aussie Elite 15 athlete, James Kelly from the future. You ready for this? Well, I'm going to have to say yes, but I'm so confused. Okay, don't worry. Hold on. Oh, here we go. <laughs> Oh, where am I going? (laughs) 
This is good. Oh, it's so suspenseful. Are you ready for the future? Yeah, I don't nine. <laughs> I wow. can feel it coming. Whoa, what is going on here? See, this is all the energy is coming in from the race in Chicago. You can feel it. Can I? <laughs> Where's James Kelly? Hello, James. Come in. Come in, James. Are you there? Hey, boys. Uh, I thought you, I thought you were my mum. So, sorry, where is James? James? James is on the line. What do you want to ask James right now? <laughs> Did you, sorry, what, what is? I'm James, so James, confused. James, the the question that the people in the past uh, really want to know is uh, how did I get here? Sorry, <laughs> am I in the past? Am I in the future? Hey, it's like Back to the Future. You don't really know where. Am you I are. talking to James right now? James, say hi to Max. Maxie boy, how are you, mate? Oh, hi, James. You get it? I think so. <laughs> James, James, how was it? Like, who was there? What went down? Was it a good vibe? Yeah, look, mate, uh, to be honest, I thought um, going to Germany was going to be different, but, man, coming to coming to America, it's it's a different world over here, um, especially racing. Absolutely loved it, though. Um, the actual vibe, the High Rocks Chicago vibe, it was unreal. So loud, so proud, obviously very true American style, let's just say. And my race, the Elite 15 race, was... Was spectacular. I absolutely loved it. Kudos to Ryan Kent who came out on top on home uh, home soil, and uh, yeah, mate, just absolutely wrapped with my result. Uh, came out uh, in sixth place. Right, Max. Do Do you want to have a go at this? Do you want to ask him a question? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm still highly skeptical and confused as to how this is this... the real James Kelly. I, I I will. It's not an alternate reality one. Maybe, oh, go on, maybe ask your question. Maybe ask it's question. an AI one. Okay. Um, I'll ask you a question you can not possibly answer unless you're real. No. Right, James, how was it racing on the grid again? Because sometimes they're a little bit iffy. Was it was it a good experience? Yeah, look, the race itself, I, I absolutely loved it. Uh, it's great to be up against, let's just say the big boys, and to be up against people that you know that are better than you. And uh, doing it on the grid, uh, I absolutely loved it myself. Uh for those of you, you know, who don't know specifically about the grid, it's so different, so different to a normal Hyrox race because you don't have to worry about looking around to find the stations. Mentally, we, we get it so easy um, because we just get into the rock zone. We know our stations are going to be where they are going to be. Uh, it's totally different. So, but, man, absolutely loved it, absolutely loved it. Um, and as I said, like, so good to be out there racing against the big American boys. Right, James, thank you so much for uh, opening your wormhole to us. Uh, but before we say goodbye to future James, uh, is there anything else you guys want to ask him at all? I have a question for you, James. Did you indulge in the local delicacy in form of a Chicago deep dish pizza to celebrate your race? I Look, I actually didn't get to indulge into some deep dish pizza however i went to this place called the shake shack and it looked very vibrant whilst i was walking in and uh let's just say um i think it was about 30 chicken nuggets down i realized that maybe the oil they use over here is slightly different to salzgitter in germany but um i guess i enjoyed 25 of the 30 chicken nuggets I indulged after my race. Oh, I mean, 
deep dish pizza out there is really good. You should have tried that. Yeah, next time uh, I'll definitely get a pizza for sure. James, thanks so much for joining us from the future and hope to have you on the pod again soon. Definitely. Cheers, boys. Or again, or in the pod. My uh, brain hurts now. Um, rock zone in and out simultaneously. <laughs> <laughs> Wicked. Uh, and now let's head back to the present day, uh, which is also no technically the past. So I think I hope everyone else at home is as confused as we are. Right, back to the studio, which is us right now. <laughs> and we're back in the room how did you find that exhilarating yeah 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 mind bending yeah that's a good one right time traveling is now over thank god yeah you can get your head around it um let's talk can i open my can i open my cafe now please i'm literally about to tee you up to if you want to pipe down you small business owner oh the council putting so many roadblocks in the way of me selling more bagels you've no idea (laughs) please just let me let me open the doors bagel boy show us what you got the nights draw in a little earlier the sun doesn't shine quite as bright as it used to winter has come and the temperatures are dropping fear not it's warm inside we've just lit a fire and we're opening the doors to Conspiracy Cafe. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> Got a little bit of ambient music to get us going. Let's I love just, it. Let's just have a chat. Nice and easy. <laughs> we're not going to get all worked up. We're not going to get into a hissy fit about various things that may or may not have happened in the High Rocks world. We're here to debate and to pour... A whole load of fact sauce all over these conspiracies, okay? <laughs> right. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the first and hopefully the first of, of many sessions in the Rock Zones Conspiracy Cafe. Mm, pleasure to be here. Thank you. That, thanks everyone for coming and for, for tuning in. So... Uh, to give you a little bit of context in case you missed it, last episode I uh, posed the question or the idea perhaps of uh, starting a small business of my own and uh, welcoming all of your conspiracy ideas and give you a safe space in which to converse and uh, Mm. seek truth, okay? And uh, it's here. So thank you to everyone who answered our calls to... Send us your wackiest and wildest conspiracy theories on uh, Instagram, on our handle at Pod, and on the Facebook group as well. The High Rocks, High Rocks Facebook group, what is it called? High Rocks UK Community? That's or, the one. That's the one. UK. It's one of them. One, one or the other. If you were there, great. If you didn't, you missed out. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Can I just say one thing at this moment, right? So we got so many responses and it's amazing. So thank you for everyone who get involved. Instagram is very, very different to Facebook, though, I'd like to say. <laughs> so Instagram, very funny, yeah. <laughs> very silly, really great. Facebook took it a tad more seriously, shall we say. <laughs> Facebook wants answers. They want to know what's happening. Uh, ben, the only rule of Conspiracy Cafe is that we keep things nice. Oh, sorry, sorry, easy. sorry, sorry. Okay. I'll get back in the back of house. <laughs> I'll prepare the bagels and a little bit more cream cheese. <laughs> We don't let him talk to customers. <laughs> Sorry, Mikey, we, we interrupted. 
No, no, that was all. That was that all. Was just, it. it was just a bit more aggressive on Facebook, shall we oh, say? Okay. Brilliant. So we're okay. going to get some funny ones today then as well. We're going to get a mix, blend. Yeah, we're gonna, absolutely. We're gonna absolutely. A, we're going to get the full spectrum, okay? However however you slice your bagel, okay? We've got, a, <laughs> we've got something for you, okay? Oh. So let's start with Nick Mant. And he says... In the last episode, you told us that Dublin was one of the slowest races of the entire season. And at the same time, you also revealed that it was the first time Ben had worked at a high rocks. <laughs> My conspiracy is that Ben fucked it up. <laughs> Please explain yourself, Ben. <laughs> I mean... Yeah, I mean, cause and effect. Um, I mean, you'll have, be happy to know I was at the end of the race, so I'd be very impressed if people like were like seeing me in the distance, being like, "Oh, I'm going to slow down. I don't want to go near that guy." Um, well, there's only one way to answer all of this, and that's with a, a healthy dollop of uh, fact source on our bagel. Nathan, do you have anything that would suggest that Ben indeed was the culprit of a slow Dublin race? Yeah. I don't have any data. Maybe Ben cutting five bananas at a time. Ooh. People like slowed down to watch. Yeah. They must have slipped on the skin, surely. Uh, <laughs> hey, I, I was very diligent. Every skin went in the bin. I was uh, no no Mario Kart's my area. I'll tell you uh, that much. Skin in bin. Skin in bin. Got my name is Bean. <laughs> my name is Bean, and I put the skin in the bin. There you go. Right. Well, great, great start there. Nick, Nick, we're going to have words later, all right? Don't bring this up again. Not in my cafe, okay? <laughs> Not in my cafe. The next one comes in from Simon, um, who I believe will come on the show in uh, a little while. So hold on to this. So he's not only a debunker, but also a debunkee. That doesn't make sense, but here we go. He wears debunkeries? Yes, sir. It's all a test. So when we leave our dying planet, they know who to take to Mars. <laughs> I like that. What the hell? As I was reading that, I was so confused again. Like, please do not do more sci-fi shit. You okay? don't like sci-fi. No, I really don't. Simon, <laughs> we'll come back to you. Right. The next one comes in from Ryan Bell. Moaning about the Hyrox layout on Facebook makes you faster than actually training for it does. You know what? <laughs> Anecdotally, I don't even need Nathan to deliver some some fact source on this. It's true. Because otherwise, why would so many people be doing it? Mm. I think it's the the more you complain, the better you get at like holding your breath in because you're going to explode. Oh. And it's like you're raising your uh, aerobic capacity. Yeah. Nathan, is that true? Have we uh, debunked the myth there? So what's the myth again? Correct. Right. <laughs> Let's move on to our first serious conspiracy. Okay. okay. This one comes in from... Mr. Andy, or Mr. Andy, I can't really pronounce his name. Here we go. Is Monginzo is his handle. Correct, thank you. Yeah, that's funny. Go on, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) The reason people who say they can run a kilometre in three minutes 30 complain about not being able to do that on a high rocks course is because of all of the turns that you need to do when running in a lap. I think that's, I think what he's saying is true, but I don't think it's why people are complaining. I mean, I think it, well, actually, you know what? If you, if you want to get better at that, how about you just go run around a shopping centre? Right, Ben, you've not understood the point of Conspiracy Cafe. It's not that people message into us and we passively, aggressively oh. tell them to do one. Right, okay. I'll go do the dishes. These are, <laughs> go back and slice some more bagels in the back, please. <laughs> right, so what I would say to that it makes perfect sense. 
um, people who run a 5k along their normal track will often find that they won't run as fast in like their local park run, for instance, mm. because there's more people around, there's, yeah, bends and twists in, in the road, or the one that Nathan and I did last weekend had copious amounts of puddles that needed dodging because it's been raining so much in the UK. So there's all sorts of factors. Mm. I would think that, what, how many turns on average are you doing? Eight on a two-lap course or 12 or something like that on a, on a three-lap course? Yeah, I, I see how that would slow you down. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty pretty damn not straightforward. I, I, straightforward would, I, would, you know I would think like, so, yeah. Um, this, is, this is a home run of a... Of I a think, conspiracy. Yeah. I, I reckon we're going to pass the mic over to Nathan and uh, he's just going to say exactly... I, I back ourselves. I, I reckon yeah. we've, we've, I think, we've uncovered this. So, so what we're saying is, a th- like... If you are the more turns, you're not able to run as fast. Yes, correct. And where that makes a difference is if we look at a two lap course versus a three lap course. Yes, correct. Because you have more numbers of turns. Correct. Nathan, what have you got for us? I have got something for you. So I looked at last season all the venues which had less than two and a half laps, mm-hmm. and put them in one group. Mm-hmm. All the venues which had more than two and a half laps, mm-hmm. put them in another group. There's more than ten in each group and compared their average running times yep. on all those races, including the Rock Zone. And what I found is, across all the divisions, is that there isn't much difference in the times. What? So, for example, in the Open Men, the venues with more laps, so more than two and a half laps, they were just, on average, the people ran uh, 25 seconds slower, just 1%, which isn't significant. But if you look at, say, the pro divisions, men and female... That, that, that's over the whole race. Whole yeah, whole run, yeah, the, the, whole t- the total yeah. running time. Yeah. And but yeah, for example, looking at High Rocks Pro men and women, they're actually slightly quicker, but less than one percent quicker in the venues which had the more laps. More right. So you put laps. those deviations down to just Yeah, but they're not gonna be exactly the same. So no. like yeah, less than one percent difference. Insignificant. Yeah. Wow. Interesting. Really interesting. Okay. So so I actually I'm so happy that that was the answer because yeah. otherwise it would have been a really boring conspiracy. Yeah. So, so the headline is a, a three-lap course to a two-lap course makes no difference. Yeah, on 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 average throughout the season. Wow, the, the running is a, is the same. That's huge because the other factor that plays into that is if you have a three-lap course, you've got more stacked athletes at the same time on the course. So, what you, those numbers that you've just presented actually go a little bit of a way to debunk like, oh, the course is too busy to run at a fast pace as well. Yeah, I guess you'd, you'd have to look more at um, how many participants are throughout the whole day. Yeah. Um, because, for example, in the UK, the races are much busier than yeah, yeah, yeah. outside of the UK. So I'd have to dive into that a bit more. I haven't looked into yeah. how busy the courses are. You're right. Like for like a three-lap course would be busier. Yeah. But, for example, a two-lap course like coming up in uh, Excel is mm. gonna, in London is going to be busier than a three-lap uh, yeah. course Yeah, because the volume of athletes of the UK. is going to be so much more than the european ones that you see yeah okay so that's the first conspiracy put to bed um next one not so much a conspiracy as much as a a genuinely good question coming in from sam beasley who asks how much extra distance are the fast runners going to have to run now seeing that they're going on the outside of the track i haven't got the trundle wheel I'm going to say it's bugger all in the grand scheme of things. Can I ask, Ben, because you said you saw them measure the track the other day, and this was something that I thought last week I was having a go at people for 
going off the data on their watch, which I still stand by. Your your watch mm. doesn't work in the NEC or indoor venues. However, I was thinking, ah, oh, if you you know, with the fact that you potentially are running around people and with the with the track being on the outside, I did think, oh, actually you could be running a certain amount of extra distance. The other thing I also forgot about is not all laps are equal, are they? Because the first run was shorter mm. and then the remaining laps were longer. So I was like, oh, if laps two to eight were a little bit longer and you ran on the outside of the track, could that add up to, you know, a reasonable amount more per kilometre? And I was just interested where they measure the track. Is it on the very inside or in the middle or yeah. do you not know? So I didn't watch them for the whole of them measuring it, but mm. I would assume that they would take the, the, the where the tape line is measured, like the racing line, the sort of the average of where you do it. I mean, it, to think about the the short answer is I can't tell you exactly where they measure it from. But you watch them walk around with the sure, trundle wheel, and they don't get—they don't stand on the inside at the shortest bit, and they yeah. don't stand on the outside and do the longest bit. Okay. But like the what I would say is, like sorry, there is a white line right in the, so, and that always has been. So that white line isn't always in the middle of that. So, for example, in Dublin, that was stacked to the outer third of the tract to say, look, the fast lane is the outward bit, and we're going to give more space to ah. the. So it, I wouldn't people. I wouldn't okay. be using that white line as a as a guidance for like that it. is but the one. K. However, yeah. that may be wrong. That may be the case that they are using that, but I can't unequivocally tell you. What I will say is, if you think about a marathon, how do they measure that? GPS? No, probably not. Yeah, but they probably <laughs> take it from like the pretty much the middle of what you're doing. Yeah, no, it's it's a race line for a marathon. Is it a race it's line? The shortest, the shortest possible like, route. Yeah. So do you think do you th- guys think that the High Rocks overall distance is the shortest they... possible route you can do? Uh, uh, that's what I'd assume, but I I don't, I don't really thought about that. That's what I'd thought. Well, uh, enough assuming, Nathan. Tell us, you are well, you're a man of science. You studied math at university. This is right up your alley. That's correct. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I have got some stats. First of all, I want to say just because you're overtaken on the right hand side. I don't think it means that the faster runners are having to run farther than before. Because before, when the fast lane was on the inside, well, it was all, all, it was all a bit chaotic. You had to weave in and out I think, in the yeah. past. I th- yeah, you're getting less bunch up now. If you think about running yeah. on the outside, you've actually got a wider turning circle, so you can actually keep more speed if you're going through it. I mean, that's what yeah. I do normally anyway. I don't yeah. cut the corners, like, uh, yeah, you don't want to slow down 90 degrees to the left or the yeah. right, whichever way you're going. No, it's you. You take a wider yeah. apex. You stay fast by remaining at a speed instead yeah. of slowing yeah. down, and then anyway, to we're getting sidetracked, yeah. Nathan. Yeah, but you know, if you want to take the position, what is the extra distance if you run on the outside? What I did is I looked at an athletics track, and well, I just looked on Google. What is the distance difference if you run in lane one, which is the inside, mm-hmm. to lane eight, which is the farthest lane on the outside? That will be a difference. How how wide is that track? Um, the track is 8.54 meters wide. Okay. Well, the difference between lane eight and lane one. Mm. And um, the distance on the outside is to do one lap is 453.7 meters as opposed to, of course, 400 meters. Yeah. It's an athletics. That's track. a big difference. That's a 20% increase, roundabout. Uh, well, a bit more than 10%, isn't it? A bit more. About I 12, clearly did not study math at university. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so over a kilometre, which would be two and a half laps of a fetish track, that would be an extra 134.25 metres. Which is quite a lot. That is quite a lot. That's you know quite I mean? a lot. That suddenly becomes 1.1 kilometres. Oh. So, what, per lap? 
Uh, sorry, per run that you go on. Per if if we're talking about an athletics track, yeah. of course, he, there's that is that is the, the same, extreme, but. though. I would say, yeah, because like the whole point is, if you're faster runner, runner, you come on the inside whenever you can. So mm. you know, if you're a faster runner, you're not hugging the outside yeah. of a track, yeah. are you? No, yeah. But it's a good point. What you what you're talking about is like going as wide as the track. Realistically, you're only as going as wide as you need to yeah. to take over someone. Yeah. It's all we're saying here is that. Now in this season, the fast lane is being told like, oh, it's on the outside because we're getting congestion on those corner points. So they're saying, okay, everyone that's fast, just run around them. That's, yeah. that's basically the point. Yeah, yeah. I, and I think it's better to call it an overtaken lane rather than yeah. far. Or like, I don't think we even really need lanes. Overtake on the right-hand side. Yeah. So next conspiracy coming in from Robbie. And I really like this one. Wallball volunteers are given a minimum quota of no reps they must deliver. <laughs> I feel like Robbie may or may not have had a run-in with the volunteer. Do you think he's got an axe to grind? Mm. You were just having to give him to me because you had to, not because I did yeah, it wrong. Yeah, like I convinced, I, I swear I hit the middle of the target. Nope, no rep. Sorry, bud. So before... In fact, we're going to we're going to debunk this not with Nathan in his laptop, but in a different way. We're going to be calling Simon Green, the head judge, um, for everyone who's raced in the UK. Uh, familiar face, uh, in the sense that it's a familiar beard. He's not just head judge; he's um, director of judging. Director of judging. So, yeah. sorry, just to explain uh, the beard, he has a. A big bid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> great. Yeah, he, great. He, he's, um, he's the guy that writes the like the judging standards and actually trains all the head judges and all the other judges on the day. So this is the guy. Mikey, can you please dial Simon Green's number? Oh, it's ringing. It is ringing. Ring, ring. Hello, Simon. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Fantastic! Thank you so much, Bud, for coming on the uh, coming on the pod today. Uh, really appreciate it. Here he is. Right, you are the exact man to uh, to to answer the questions today. So, um, I'm not sure how much uh, you know about this small business owner over here, uh, Max. He um, he's set up the Conspiracy Cafe, mm. and there are a few questions that we're trying to get to the bottom of today. Um, so, I think I'll, I'll pass you over to my at the moment my manager as such. <laughs> Simon, we we need an answer of um, the 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 burning question: Do you give your wallball judges a minimum quota of no reps that they need to hit? <laughs> it's hurt. We've heard it in the grapevine. The community's we've been asking it. for we've it. Heard it. We've heard oh, it. Oh, that would be that that would be an interesting uh, interesting thing. A bit like. Uh, uh, parking attendance yeah. uh, concept. I like it, yeah. Um, no, <laughs> no. We definitely, uh, we, we most of the time it's actually trying to encourage them to be confident enough to give no reps. I think that uh, um, the, the you know, kind of the newer ones just uh, need some encouraging, but no, definitely not. But, uh, yeah. Uh, the mean, only, many, uh, what would the number be? Well, yeah. you tell me. <laughs> what, 4,000? Yeah. Oh, collect collectively they need to re- otherwise they don't get their free ticket the for the one. for the next event. The <laughs> collectively they have to no rep someone. So they've got one judge who's like really no repping everyone. Here's, you here's can be the one that everyone hates. Theory. Yeah. They have they have one clicker to to count your war balls, but they have another one behind their back that they're clicking for no reps. And then Simon collects them all at the end of the day. And if it's not four thousand three hundred and twenty nine You're saying so everyone has to get a no rep, basically. Well, 
collectively they need to reach that number otherwise uh, have, have you even raced the high rocks if you've never been no repped <laughs> there you go anyway we're getting so sidetracked the, the only problem here simon is that of course you would say that there's no quota of no reps to hit so like how I'm, how can we believe you right now I'm, I'm i'm just wondering what we get for the quota for hitting the quota it gives people something to argue about, so they keep coming back. <laughs> <laughs> it keeps the Facebook community live and thriving. There you go. Yeah, you're probably you would be more encouraging us to do that to keep you in. in yeah. Work. <laughs> yeah. Wow. yeah. Wow. Without Allegations that. being thrown left, right, and centre. Like that actually it. makes sense. You're like growing your own conspiracies, Max. You've got like five different Facebook hey, profile it accounts. It keeps my cafe open. Okay. Okay. Um, Simon, we're gonna we're gonna ask you real quick about the other conspiracy that you messaged us in with about high rocks being the 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 benchmark our alien overlords will use to determine who gets to live on mars or not yeah i heard elon musk is using it as a, a pass fail criteria for would you, anyone would you like to rocket. would you like to elaborate on this conspiracy at all well i just i just think there's just a amazing group of of fit people that do it and it's really hard work. Nobody gets in the pyrox and just goes, well, that was easy. And, um, yeah, i just just always interested in people's motivation to push themselves that hard. It's just so impressive. Um, and so my thinking was maybe that they, you know, that it's a trip off of this planet onto to Mars when this... <laughs> That's brilliant. You, you, know, you know what? <laughs> this does make perfect sense because... Christian Tutsk is an alien. Yeah. Uh, well, that's not where I was going, but uh, yes, that. And when you finish a high rocks race, you're officially welcome to the high society. Okay. Okay. You also yeah, get okay. a patch which looks suspiciously like one of them NASA patches. Oh as my well, God. Doesn't my it? The plot thickens. <laughs> that is true. Oh my God. Simon, you don't know what you've started here. Um, <laughs> right, Simon, before you go, we have a couple more excellent conspiracy theories that have been coming in from, from several people, actually. Something along the lines of sleds, because obviously that's that's everyone's favourite topic of conversation. So uh, we've had suggestions that uh, some... Uh, select lanes have magnets slowing everything down. Um, some sleds have hidden Velcro on the bottom um, and that you're all in on it. Um, and then this last one, I'm going to have to read it all out because it's it's rather gruesome. Is it true that you put the crushed up bones of people who don't finish under the carpets of the sled push or you just use regular gravel to slow the sled down? Wow, someone got creative <laughs> with that, right? Patrick Kiernan. Wow. Simon's going to answer your question right now. What are you doing with the sleds? Why do people have such a hissy fit about them? Because it's hard. <laughs> Just that, it's really hard to do. Um, yeah, I mean, the carpet mm -hmm. one big roll. We, we get them made all at the same place and it all gets attached to the same almost identical concrete floor that has the same servicing everywhere. But um, no, I think that the amount, of, you know, the honest truth is that the amount of stress you take by the time you've got there and it's just a completely different uh, mode of working out um, is, is a shock to the system. But um, no, and the, uh, grinding up bones for people don't finish. I'm kind of hoping that the ones that don't finish just go and get a drink and yeah. <laughs> try again next time. We'll be meeting no. down the bar afterwards <laughs> yeah. and they go, we'll come back next time and crush it. Um, not uh, crush their bones. Crush the sleds, sure not, not your bones. Yeah. Um, <laughs> fine. The last one, again, perhaps 
from a slightly bitter competitor. Uh, Sarah Taylor asks, was the rope in Birmingham made of elastic? <laughs> I assume I actually, someone struggled a little. I, I, I had that asked to me at the time, and no, no. Um, they're the, the same ropes, again, used everywhere. Um, no, they, they, they weren't. I reset a lot of the, uh, including the pro weights, which was... Um, uh, fun to do a few times. I mean, this is the thing people forget: is the judges, if somebody hasn't completed or unfortunately can't count up to four and has run away, uh, the judges there resetting everything. Oh. One of one of them, they get quite a workout. So um, yeah, no, they weren't. Um, be be yeah, kind to you your yeah. volunteers. They weren't everyone. the only person that said this. Well, what a perfect note to end on, Simon. Thank you so much. Um, you've been You're a delight. Right and uh, hopefully speak to you very soon. Absolutely. London. Yeah, yeah. London. London. See you in London, London. Simon. Ciao cool. for now. Cheers, guys. Bye. See you later, buddy. Bye. Have a good one. What a nice guy. Simon, nice guy, nice beard. Not, great beard. Nice beard, nice Big amount. fan of your work. Yeah, big, big fan. Big, big fan, fan of your work. Wish I could get there someday, but probably not. Um, so, would we like to hear some more conspiracies? Oh, yes. Okay, good. Thank you for <laughs> that. <laughs> so, the next three conspiracies are all linked. Um, Tom Franzens, Franzens, sorry, they made the Barcelona course faster for the world record. Okay. Interesting. It was all rigged. Uh, Ryan Howard... Um, says Hunter's world record time was bogus because of fast sleds in Madrid. Okay. Hang on, it was in Barcelona, though. What What I like about this one is, does he mean that the sleds in Madrid made Barcelona yeah. faster? Like, what Quite a conspiracy possible. that is. Well, oh, my God. Bear, bear in mind, Ryan is also, he works for Hunter, so this is like <laughs> him having a go at, uh, what, his boss, I guess, in some kind of capacity. Um, and Tom <laughs> Clegson's, uh said something similar. The judges in Holland and UK are strict with an exclamation mark, so he really means it. In Spain, they aren't at all. With three exclamation with marks. three exclamation marks. So he really marks. means it. I've done all four UK races, one Dutch and two in Spain, so this man knows what he's talking about, and in Spain, this guy overtook me on the burpees, and he was taking an extra step. Dun, God. dun, dun. Right. I want to give my, my two cents on this. Please. So systematically, starting with the first one, they made the Barcelona course faster for the world record. I'd love if that was the case. I That'd really be great would. Great marketing if that were the case. That, that was the, the race he's talking about is the one that Hunter came back and set the world record at. Yeah, he was like gone off, gone off the radar. Yeah, at was, least for his his kind of. He was on like a standards. canoeing adventure, trying to yeah. become an Olympian, and then came back and oh my god, this guy who has appeared out of nowhere has set the world record and is being streamed they on Instagram. They doubted him, and now he's back. Yeah, I would love it if it was the case, but I don't think the that race was like a franchise race. Like, and I, what I mean by franchise race is it's not a main High Rocks team. It's like it's owned by an external party yeah, okay. that license it in. So there could be some truth in that they were like, you know what? We want the world record at our one. Oh, that's, I thought you were going to say they didn't know how to set it up correctly. Well, it could have gone two ways. So I, I'm going to, I'm going to be controversial and lean into, yeah, it was all fake, mate. Hunter okay. doesn't count. That's that's your that's your two cents. Uh, Mikey, do you want to weigh in on this? Yeah, so what I was going to say was I actually raced in Barcelona on that day. Oh, you Ooh. could have told me that before. So, <laughs> so there's two things I've got to say. First of all, Christian was there. So all yeah. the all the big wigs were there. So yeah, maybe a franchise, mm. but I would argue that it was officially all done mm. well. I think but they then, all knew it was going to go down. The other side to it is that 
I did my quickest high rocks there, but I was racing as a double. Oh, okay, <laughs> okay. Ah. And, and, and I'll tell you one thing I, I, I'll never forget is how easy the sled pull was. I couldn't believe it. But the thing that I always thought in my head was, well, I'm doing a double, so I had kind of like more more, ener- more energy yeah, more i'd energy. say yeah, yeah, yeah. so it, that's that's very very anecdotal mm. and h- hard to say but you've you, what you've done there is brought up fast sleds in barcelona yes the second one here hunter's world record time was bogus because of fast sleds in madrid ryan you've just got the wrong race i think <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which is just funny so i do i still love the thought that madrid had an effect on barcelona <laughs> they were so fast they were pushed them all through to barcelona yeah. they had the time machine from earlier <laughs> there you go there you go um should we uh should we should we pour some fact sauce on this yeah on this yeah. bagel some number nays <laughs> oh, nice <laughs> <laughs> yeah so um Looking at last season, if we look at the the quickest time at each venue, Barcelona was the quickest venue. Oh, uh, oh, shock! That was a joke because obviously the world record was set there. But <laughs> <laughs> if you know, okay. you know. All right, boyo. <laughs> <laughs> well done if you got that bad joke. Um, looking at the average times, um, so what I did is open men, pro men looked at the average times of all the venues last season. For the open men, Barcelona was the second fastest of the season. Um, if we don't okay. include the championships, because the European championship was actually the second quickest. The quickest was Bilbao. Um, than the European Open, but obviously in the European Championship, you've got a uh, more you know more elite. Wh- where people. was the European Championship? Um, it was how do you say it? Ma- Maastricht. Maastricht. Yeah. Maastricht. Maastricht. And then then Barcelona, and for uh, the pro men, um, yeah, Maastricht was the quickest, but then um, Barcelona was the fifth quickest. Looking at the pro men average time, ah, so pretty okay. pretty well, quick. So. Barcelona in the pro men's race was only the fifth fastest yeah. and obviously the world record hunter set was in the pro men category right yeah. so that to me says that Barcelona perhaps isn't the runaway you know something may or may not have been not set up correctly there if it was the fifth fastest right so some people maybe like Mikey they had a they had a great race. Clearly seems like a lot of people did well, um, but it's not like it's the fastest across the board and burpees took like 30% less or anything like that. Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. Okay. And I also had a bit of look at the sleds because there was a bit of focus on with the sleds yeah. really fast, yeah. I think. Also, Mikey said they felt fast, but looking at just the sleds push and pull times, Barcelona was very close to the season average so was really? wasn't okay. wasn't like top 3 or top 5 for the sleds for example so you know i i don't think um there's anything about the course which is especially fast and actually we've um can i just add to that as well you're saying not that the course wasn't fast hunter looked incredible that yeah, day yeah like yeah. witnessing it like, all right sorry yeah i went a bit in there but <laughs> but he did you know there was no question like the speed that he yeah. was going around the way he was pulling uh the skis and the and the, the row and mm. everything that guy what it wasn't like he had an easy sled yeah. and and yeah, and yeah. the course was 800 meters mm. he was moving i remember watching him on the live stream and just the the sheer volume of people that were actually cheering him as well like they know it was going down like they were following him like there was actual like okay we're about to witness something and like as much as you can be like 
it's him completely. It is him completely, but you've also got a crowd behind you, like pushing. Never you underestimate the impact of a crowd behind yeah. you. Like it, it does, it does do wonders. And like even our little shout outs that we get when we're on the war balls, mm. um, you know, Faisal or Gede coming up and and supporting us on it. It does, it does make a big difference. It, it, it oh, really yeah. does. Oh yeah. Um, and I think that Hunter unfortunately attracts a slightly bigger audience than we do. Um, back to Nathan before we hear from Hunter himself about the conspiracies yes so we are focused on Barcelona um, but I had a look at all the Spanish races from last season so oh right because the Spanish judges are nice apparently yeah yeah Um, so Bilbao Barcelona Malaga Valencia Madrid and yeah they do seem to be quicker in looking at the open men average times so looking at um, I analysed 33 venues Bilbao was quickest Barcelona second I'm not including the European Championships Malaga fifth Valencia sixth Madrid tenth so all in the top ten all in top ten and you know most yeah so they are quick so what I did is I looked at all the athletes that I competed in Spain and had competed in a race outside of Spain as well and I found 180 men in both the Open Pro divisions that I'd done that. So we'd raced in Spain yeah. and raced outside of Spain. And I compared their time in Spain to their time outside of Spain. Okay, so this is literally putting the same horse on a different course. Yes. Yeah. And I found that there wasn't much difference in their time. So um, when they raced outside of Spain, on average, they were less than um, 1% slower. In you, okay, of you know Spain. what this tells me? And this is a theory that I had loosely suggested in a previous episode the spanish are just phenomenal athletes um i think so because if the, if the so if the same athletes that are racing in spain and outside of spain are putting in the same shift that to me suggests that there's more spanish people racing in their local races and that they just are very good athletes and that's why the times that you're seeing there are lower than elsewhere in the world it's a big jump what is is the, it? I, I will just add the 180 people I found. The majority of them were were actually British people because there we go. Because obviously we love high rocks and we, and we love travel for high around. rocks. Yeah. But the the point was, you, you but know, sorry, that doesn't that still goes in favour to my point. So yeah. you're saying that the people who do race in both Spain and elsewhere are putting the same times in. Yeah. yeah. So the the differentiator is that in the Spanish races. They're filled with Spanish people, whereas in the other parts of the world, it's predominantly other people. So if they're faster in Spain, it's because the Spanish athletes are faster. Well, surely another way to look at that is to actually, let's take all the average, like divide everyone into their their origin nation, and then which is the fastest country on average? So how about we put a pin in this, and for next episode, we will find out via Nathan what <laughs> country... Good luck, Nathan. What country is fastest? On and I'm on average, and I'm going to say Spain. I'm locking that in straight away. In any case, let's get Hunter's take on all of this because obviously some of this seems to have been a bit of a dig at the big man's time. And uh, let me tell you, he didn't hold back when he responded to these. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening with kids perhaps around the room, shut their ears because this is Hunter is about explicit as you can get him. To answer uh, Ryan Howie, yeah, the sleds weren't fast. I actually have new space-age material installed in my testicles that allows me to float through courses faster than any other athletes in the world. 
So that's a conspiracy that I'm debunking right now. Not fast sleds, just fast nutsack. And for <laughs> Oliver Delomi, if that's how you even pronounce his name, obviously this dude doesn't know shit because my arms keep on getting bigger season after season, and I keep on getting faster and faster world records. So shut the fuck up, Oswald. <laughs> so sorry, sorry. I just need to add some context. Uh, I forgot to tell you Osvaldo Lomelli's conspiracy theory, which was biceps don't actually win races and Hunter just wants to deceive competitors. Wow. That seemed like a pretty lighthearted remark, but Hunter did not take that. I mean, he owns the domain. He doesn't, well. doesn't want to. Yeah, 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 yeah. Why do you value my IP? Mate, so, Hunter, great, great. Well done from him. I, I would like some floaty testicles as well. Who wouldn't? Um, anyway, the final and perhaps the best conspiracy theory of them all comes in from none other than Paul Gillingham. Pop top all! There you go. And he says, Nathan isn't in fact Welsh but he does a great Welsh accent. He's secretly <laughs> Scouse. <laughs> Nathan, do you want to reveal your Scouse accent to us now on the pod? I, I don't know. You want me to try a Scouse accent? Hey, More than hey, it's, your, it's your mother yeah. tongue. Like, please. Calm down, calm down. <laughs> <laughs> All right, laugh, laugh. How do I say lad? Laugh, laugh, laugh. What was the calm down? You sound like calm a backstreet boy. Down. It's like <laughs> about Har- to bring out into Harry, Harry Enfield cl- uh, clip, isn't it? Or something like that. They're too young to remember oh, that. Yeah, too young. <laughs> They're <laughs> way <laughs> too young for that. To all the millennials and the older audience. The older secret scouse who's thought it would be much better to be Welsh instead. Um, no, so. I am Welsh. I'm, Welsh. <laughs> I'm proud got, of it. I've got a credit card with a Welsh flag design on it. To prove <laughs> I've seen it, it many times. Yeah. Is that the ID? Yeah. We have money in Wales, I swear. Yeah. It's, just a, it's just to prove I'm Welsh. <laughs> there we go. It. Right, Ben, you and I have the uh, incredible privilege of announcing who has won the pair of rock socks for their conspiracy theory. So, who gets to take home the bacon in this episode, Ben? Who gets the free bagel on their loyalty card? Um, yeah, who who fast forwards the loyalty card and gets a free ba- bagel right now? Also known as a pair of rock socks. Pair um, of rock socks. You know what? If it's okay, it is it is my cafe, so I'd like to exclude Ben from this. Uh, ouch! This this decision making. Working in, conditions in in rather traditional fashion. I'm I'm. Uh, I'm I'm taking control of this ship and I'm going to say we're going to award our socks not only for a great suggestion that there's an extraterrestrial overlord in the form of Christian who's uh, scouting what people are going to make it to Mars but also coming on the show and debunking some of the myths that we put to him we're going to give these socks to Simon Green I reckon yeah I mean for all of the of great work that he and all of the other volunteers do are you okay with that? How can I not be? He's a great guy. He is a great guy. And he came on the show. I mean, I feel a little bit bad that we've cheated everyone else by not giving them the opportunity to come on the show. Yes, however, yes. <laughs> like you've, you've basically gone, and... <laughs> and, sorry. No, I, uh, I'd, I'd, I'd give him that. If you volunteer, then, yeah. The, I, I'd like to give a pair of socks. I'll give my vote to the conspiracy about the track being longer by running on the outside because I think that is an actual interesting piece of information that's uncovered something. Sure. Um, Two socks, double double winner. Hey, it's like The Apprentice. Sometimes there's one person yeah. who gets fired. Sometimes it's a double firing, except for you get two rock socks this time round. So that was Sam Beasley. Sam Beasley with that one. Well done, Sam Beasley. Pair of rock socks in the post. To you. 
Right, that's about it for this week's episode. What a lovely little experience in the Conspiracy Cafe. Mm. Yeah. Well, I hope it was. Yeah? What was yeah. your top highlight? Well, I was just sorry, I was going to ask you to please leave me a nice Google review and then segue oh, yeah. seamlessly into asking our listeners to review us. Should we set up a Spotify. fake thing? On, we'll set up a fake thing on, on uh, Google, which everyone can go and review there. Don't actually dare do that. Go and spend your time reviewing us on Spotify. I was going to say that's that would be really handy. Time, yeah. um, you can also come and check us out on Instagram at uh, RockZonePod, uh, where you will hopefully see a few more of these conspiracies put to uh, put to the visual format, where we actually show them off all naked. Nathan's hard work in some Instagram posts so we can actually go and debunk a lot of that there so if you liked what you heard here head over to Instagram uh, and you can check out more of what the Conspiracy Cafe has to offer mm. and beyond the Conspiracy Cafe we do do uh, loads of other interactive shout outs and uh, participation events for you to win some lovely merchandise so uh, all the more reason to head over to socials and give us a follow so next episode we are going to be looking ahead at our home race woo London town baby London calling on the- I don't know yes <laughs> High Rocks is coming home for us um, so, I can't wait for that. I still don't know if I'm racing and in what capacity. Neither do you, Ben. No, my knee is touch and go. Your knee's touch and go at the moment. It, uh, well, let's hope it uh, it makes a swift recovery. Yeah. Um, so, I think that's about all she said, or she wrote. And on that note, three, two, two one, Roxanne out. <laughs> Roxanne out. Ashley, if you are going to London, do check out the race tracker, www.theroxone.com. Plan your race. See you later. Bye.